This is Shakespeare Closely Read. I'm your host, Mark Naftal. In this podcast, I read the works of William Shakespeare and other authors in the public domain. In addition to reading these works in their entirety, I will stop frequently to comment on the text, its meaning, and lessons to be drawn. This is a place for lovers of Shakespeare's words, words, words. I delight in the beauty of his language and believe through this beauty we can find truth and how to live a virtuous life. I hope this podcast can help students understand Shakespeare better and how to appreciate the sometimes difficult language he uses. Maybe you can use it to help write your papers or study for tests. Drop me an email at shakespeareclosely at gmail.com. If you have questions, I would like some help. Let us begin. Last week, we finished the first act of Hamlet, and we are now going to move on to act two. Scene one, Elsinore, a room in the house of Polonius. Enter Polonius and Rinaldo. Give him this money and these notes, Rinaldo. I will, my lord. You shall do marvelous wisely, good Rinaldo, before you visit him to make inquire of his behavior. My lord, I did intend it. Mary, well said, well said. Look you, sir, inquire me first what Danskers are in Paris, that is, uh, Danish people, and how and who, what means and where they keep, what company, at what expense, and finding by this encompassment and drift of question that they do know, my son, come you more nearer than your particular demands will touch it. Take you as twere some distant knowledge of him as thus. I know his father and his friends and impart him. Do you mark this, Rinaldo? Aye, very well, my lord. And in part him, but you may say, not well. If it be him, I mean, he's very wild, addicted, so-and-so, and there put on what forgeries you please. Marry none so rank as may dishonor him. Take heed of that. But, sir, such wanton, wild, and usual slips that our companions noted and most known to youth and liberty. Now notice uh, Polonius here is telling his servant to slander his own son. Uh, Very different from Hamlet's attitude who will not hear his own friends uh, run even themselves down. Uh, Polonius does not mind spreading lies. The only thing I've thought of that might possibly excuse this is um, in youth being being wild and sort of tough is sometimes uh, Uh, seen as almost an honorable thing, but I think that's giving Polonius too much credit. As gaming, my lord, I are drinking, fencing, swearing, quarreling, drabbing, uh, that is, consorting with loose women. You may go so far, my lord, that would dishonor him. Faith, no, as you may season it in the charge. That's a somewhat uh, famous saying, season it in the charge. Um, That is even more lying. You must not put another scandal on him that he's open to incontinency, incontinency. That's not my meaning, but breathe his faults so quaintly as I may seem the taints of liberty, the flash and outbreak of a fiery mind, a savageness and unreclaimed blood of general assault. But my good Lord, and wherefore should you do this? I, my Lord, I would know that. Mary, sir, here's my drift. And I believe it is a fetch of warrant you're laying these slight sullies on my son, as to a thing a little soiled of the working, mark you. Your party in converse, him you would sound. 
having never seen in the predominant crimes the youth you breathe of guilty, be assured he closes with you in this consequence. Good sir or so, or friend or gentleman, according to that phrase or the addition of man and country, a very good, my lord. And then, sir, does it this, it does. What was I about to say? By the mass, I was about to say something. Where did I leave? Okay, so Polonius is old, and apparently he's getting uh, forgetful. A little bit of a comedy, perhaps, on Shakespeare's part, uh, making fun of an old man. Uh, we'll see more of this. Hamlet as gets quite direct uh, with Polonius. At closes in the consequence, at friend or so, and gentleman, at closes in the consequence, Ah, Mary, he closes thus. I know the gentleman. I saw him yesterday, the other day, or then or then. It was such and such. And as you say, there was a gaming. There oh, took his rouse. They're, they're falling out at tennis, or perchance. I saw him enter such a house of sale. Uh, Verdelict, that's truly. A brothel, or so forth. See you now. Your bait of falsehood takes this carp of truth. Um... Actually, what, well, what he's saying there is if you lie, you're liable to get the truth. Um, however, he seems not to realize at all that, that he has now just spread lies about his son and, uh, and in fact sullied his reputation. And because um, Rinaldo is supposed to say lying things about Laertes, uh, that Laertes will then gain that reputation. Um, Polonius seems not to understand that at all. He's not a very wise man, though he is old. And thus do we of wisdom and of reach, with windlasses and with assays of bias, by indirections find directions out. Uh, so he's saying um, you mislead someone so you'll find your right way. Uh, that is a complete paradox. So, by my former lecture and advice, shall you, my son, you have me, have you not? My lord, I have. God be with you, fare you well. Good, my lord, going. Observe his inclinations in yourself. Okay, double meaning there. That is, uh, be sure to see what he's up to, but also his inclinations. Um, he's, in effect, just told Ronaldo, go and do all these wild things, get drunk and uh, um, be with loose women and so forth. I shall, my lord, and let him ply his music. Uh, so Polonius doesn't really seem to be upset. Uh, he suspects his son is doing all these wild things, but he's just saying let him ply his music. No, just let him do it. Well, my lord, farewell. Exit Rinaldo. Enter Ophelia. How now, Ophelia? What's the matter? Okay, what's the matter can have two different meanings. We mean it like what's wrong with you. It also could be, uh, why are you speaking to me? Oh, my Lord, my Lord, I have been so affrighted. With what in the name of God? My Lord, as I was sewing in my closet, Lord Hamlet, with his doublet all unbraced, that's with his shirt open, no hat upon his head, his stockings fouled, ungartered down jiv to, the, jiv to, the, to his ankle, pale as his shirt, his knees knocking each other, and with a look so piteous in purport, as if he'd been loosed out of hell to speak of horrors, he comes before me. Um, and that, again, is uh, is sort of the way the ghost uh, talks about himself, that he'd been loosed 
out of the fires of hell and so forth. Mad for thy love. My Lord, I do not know, but truly I do fear it. What said he? He took me by the wrist and held me hard. Then goes he to the length of all his arm, and with his other hand thus o'er his brow, he falls to such perusal of my face as he would draw it. Long stayed he so, at last a little shaking of mine arm, and thrice his head thus waving up and down, he raised a sigh so piteous and profound, as it did seem to shatter all his bulk and end his being. That done, he lets me go, and with his head over his shoulder turned, he seemed to find his way without his eyes, for out of doors he went without their help, and to the last bended their light on me. Come, go with me, I will go seek the king. This is the very ecstasy of love, whose violent property foredoes itself, and leads the will to desperate undertaking, as oft as any passion under heaven. Um, passion there, we think of passion as you're enthusiastic about something. The root of passion is actually something that one suffers, and um, love can be a passion, but uh, classically any sin can be a passion as well. As oft as any passion under heaven that dost afflict our natures, I am sorry, would have you given him any hard words of late? No good, my lord, but as you did command, I did repel his letters and denied his access to me. That hath made him mad. I am sorry that with better heed and judgment, I had not quoted him. Um, quoted him there is, uh, is rather strange. It's, we think of quoting like a quotation. Uh, quoted him means to restrict him here. I feared he did but trifle and meant to wreck thee, but beshrew my jealousy. Jealousy is rather interesting there. He was jealous. He wanted Ophelia for himself. By heaven, it is proper to our age to cast beyond ourselves and our opinions. It is as common for the younger sort to lack discretion. Okay, by our age there, um, he means his own elderly age cast beyond ourselves and our opinions. Well, he's always doing that. He does seem to recognize it here, but he's always giving out his advice and meddling in things. Um, I wonder, too, if he is somewhat has a, has a very deep game here that he wants Ophelia to marry Hamlet. After all, Hamlet has been proclaimed heir to the throne. And if Ophelia can marry him, then he'll be connected very closely uh, with the royal family. Um, interesting. Come, go we to the king. This must be known, which being kept close might move more grief to hide than hate to utter love. Come and exit. Scene two. Elsinore, a room in the castle. Flourish, enter king and queen. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern with others. Now, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, heaven, are, heavens, are Hamlet's school chums from, from Wittenberg, and Claudius speaks. Welcome, dear Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Moreover, that we much did long to see you, the need we have to use you did provoke our hasty sending. So there, he's going to use Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Now, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are, are interesting characters. They're almost the, uh, the anti- Hamlet. They're they're very willing to be used by the king. Uh, they're liars. Um, they are just not good people. 
something have you heard of Hamlet's transformation? Okay, so now it's known that Hamlet is, is acting mad. So call it, says not the exterior nor the inward man resembles that it was. What it should be more than his father's death that thus hath put him so much from understanding of himself, I cannot dream of. I entreat you both that being of so young young days brought up with him and since so neighbor to his youth and behavior that you vouchsafe your rest here in our court some little time. So by your companies to draw him on to pleasures and to gather so much as from occasion you may glean where aught to us unknown afflicts him thus that open lies within our remedy. Um, that is, um, he wants Rosencrantz to Guildenstern to distract him, to uh, uh, cheer him up, but also to spy on him. And here's the queen. Good gentleman, he hath much talked of you. And sure I am two men, there are not living to whom he more adheres. Oh, the queen doesn't know him very well. And if it will please you to show us some, some much gentry and goodwill as to expend your time with us a while for the supply and profit of our hope, your visitation shall receive such thanks as fits a king's remembrance. Um, there is, that is, uh, he will give the money. Rosencrantz, both your majesties might, by the sovereign power you have of us, put your dread pleasures more into command than to entreaty. And I said, I dread uh, pleasure. Uh, there we, again, we see the sort of um, oxymoron that a dread pleasure. Dread here, of course, can mean dreadful. Um, also, a, a, a sovereign or whatever just has a lot of power, and so therefore their dread. Uh, pleasure uh, can mean when a command is done, it's the king's pleasure that you sit there, whatever. Also, pleasure as in, as in pleasant and so forth. Uh, a dread pleasure is a unyoked uh, metaphor, if you will. But uh, and then uh, Guildenstern. Uh, but we both obey and here give up ourselves in the full bent to lay our service freely at your feet to be commanded. Thanks, Rosencrantz and gentle Guildenstern. Thanks, Guildenstern and gentle Rosencrantz. Uh, that is the queen corrects. Uh, uh, the king who who misnamed them, but they are sort of uh, interchangeable objects, uh, if you will. Difficult to tell apart. They're always together, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. And I beseech you instantly to visit my too much changed son. Go, some of you, and bring these gentlemen where Hamlet is. Heavens make our presence and our practices pleasant and helpful to him. Uh, amen. Exit Rosencrantz and Guildenstern with some attendants. Enter Polonius. The ambassadors from Norway, my good lord, are joyfully returned. And still thou hast been the father of good news. Okay, the father of good news. Um, he's father of Laertes and Ophelia. I don't think that either one of them uh, particularly look like good news uh, in this play. Have I, my lord? Assure you, my good liege, I hold my duty as I hold my soul both to my God and to my gracious king. And I do think, or else this brain of mine hunts not the trail of policy so sure as it hath used to do, that I have found the very cause of Hamlet's lunacy. Can okay, notice the brain of his hunts the trail of policy. Um, Polonius there um, compares himself to a dog. Um, the, the brain is hunting the trail uh, of policy. 
Um, there again, as, as a courtier, as an advisor, um, he is supposed to be aware of what the king's policy is and do everything he can to implement it. Also, it shows, though, he's not really true to himself. Um, he's always shifting and uh, hunting about, um, not certainly not true to any other standard other than um, what he thinks the king wants him to do. Oh, speak of that, that do I long to hear. Give first administer to the ambassadors. My news shall be fruit to that great feast. Thyself do grace to them and bring them in. He tells me, my dear Gertrude, he hath found the head and source of all your son's distemper. Um, distemper, of course, being madness. Uh, also, it's interesting, um, a rabid dog is called one with distemper. So we have perhaps an extension of the, the dog metaphor here. I doubt it is no other but the main, his father's death and our old hasty marriage. Well, we shall sift him. Uh, that is, to try out Polonius. Enter Polonius, Voltamand, and Cornelius. Welcome, my good friend. Say, Voltamand, what from our brother Norway? Most fair return of greetings and desires. Upon our first, he sent out to suppress his nephew's levies, that's the army he was gathering, which to him appeared to be a preparation against the Polak. But better looked into, he truly found it was against your highness. Whereat grieved that, that so his sickness, age, and impotence were falsely born in hand, sends out arrests on Fortinbras, which he in brief obeys. Now, arrest there is a stoppage. It doesn't mean that he's going to put him in prison. Receives rebuke from Norway and in fine makes vow before his uncle nevermore to give the assay of arms against your majesty. We're on old Norway, overcome with joy. Gives him three score thousand crowns in annual fee and is commissioned to employ those soldiers so levied as before against the Pollock. With an entreaty herewith further shown, gives a paper, that it might please you to give quiet pass through your domain dominions for this enterprise on such regards as safety and allowance, and therein are set down. That is, to let um, Fortinbras' and his troops um, go through Denmark in order to attack Poland, not a very wise move to let a host, potentially hostile army into one's territory. It likes us well. In our more, more considered time, we'll read, answer, and think upon this business. Notice he reads, answers, and then thinks. Um, not very good order. It should be read, think, and answer, but there you have it. Meantime, we thank you for your well-took labor. Go to your rest. At night we'll feast together. Most welcome home. Exit ambassadors. This business is well ended, says Polonius. My liege and madam, to expostulate what majesty should be, what duty is, what day is day, night, night, and time is time. We're nothing but to waste night, day, and time. Okay, and he proceeds to do just that. He will not get to the point. And uh, the queen eventually gets... Uh, gets impatient with him. I, I imagine that, that Shakespeare uh, wrote this for, for a bit of comic relief to, to make fun of Polonius, which, as I've mentioned before, is always a, a great sport to make fun of Polonius. Therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit and tediousness the limbs and outward flourishes, and there's another uh, famous line, brevity is the soul of wit. 
Um, of course, Polonius is anything but uh, brevity. You know, in this, he takes a long time. Uh, notice, though, he makes the the image there is of a person. Uh, brevity is its soul, of wit. That's the mind, and tediousness, the limbs and outward flourishes. So, um, but it's a disjointed matter. The the image doesn't really work. Um, because brevity is one's soul and tediousness are your arms. Uh, they just don't, don't fit together at all. I will be brief. Your noble son is mad. Mad call, call I it, for to define true madness, what is to be nothing else but mad? But let that go. Um, Polonius is trying to use these rhetorical flourishes, but they just really do not work at all. Uh, Coin says, more matter with less art. Madam, I swear I use no art at all. Uh, indeed, everything he does, though, is rhetorical art, so to speak. It's not very good art. That he is mad, tis true, tis true, tis pity, and pity, tis, tis true. Okay, he's trying to draw a comparison there. Shakespeare sometimes does this very well, like in the um, in the first act where he has Shakespeare in his first great soliloquy talk about that his two two solid flesh uh, would melt, thaw and resolve, thaw melt and resolve itself into a dew. That's sort of a, a progression of image. Here, it's not. Um, Tis mad, tis true, tis true, tis pity, tis pity, tis true. He just returns right where he was. A foolish figure. But farewell it. I, for I will use no art. Mad let us grant him them. And now remains that we find out the cause of this effect. I'd rather say the cause of this defect. For this effect, defective comes by cause. Thus it remains in the remainder thus. Again, he's trying to use rhetoric, um, but he's failing. Prepend. I have a daughter, have while she is mine, who in her duty and obedience mark, hath given me this, now gather and surmise, reads the letter. To the celestial and my soul's idol, the most beautified Ophelia. That's an ill phrase, a vile phrase, beautified is a vile phrase, but you shall hear, thus reads, in her excellent white bosom, these, etc. Came this from Hamlet to her? Good madam, stay a while, I will be faithful. Doubt not the stars are fire, doubt that the sun doth move, doubt truth to be a liar, but never doubt I love. Oh, dear Ophelia, I am ill at these numbers, I have not art to reckon my groans, but that I love thee best, oh, most best, believe it. Adieu, thine evermore, most dear lady, while this machine is to him hemmed. Uh, he might be referring to his body there as a machine. This in obedience hath my daughter shown me, and more above hath his soliciting as they fell out by time, by means and place, all given to mine ear. But how has she received his love? What do you think of me? As a man most faithful and honorable. I would fain prove so, but what might you think when I had seen this hot love on the wing? As I perceived it, I must tell you that. Before my daughter told me, what might you think? Oh, my dear majesty, your queen here, think, if I had played the desk or table book, or given my heart a winking, mute and dumb, and looked upon this love with idle sight, what might you think? No, I went round to work, and my young mistress, thus I did speak. 
Lord, Hamlet is a prince out of thy star. This must not be. And then I precepts give, gave her that she should lock herself from his resort, admit no messengers, receive no tokens, which done, she took the fruits of my advice, and he repelled a short tale to make, fell into a sadness, then into a fast, thence to a watch, thence into a weakness, thence to a lightness, and by this declension, under the madness whereof he now raves, and we all mourn for. Again, um, rhetoric there. Uh, progression or a de declension, sadness, fast, watch, weakness, lightness, and then finally into madness. What do you think of this, Queen? It may be very like. Had there been such a time, I would fain know that, that I have positively said, tis so, when it proved otherwise? Not that I know. Polonius points to his head on his shoulder and shoulder. Take this from this, if this be otherwise. He's inviting them to uh, cut off his head. If circumstances leave me, I will find where truth is hid, though it were hid indeed within the very center. How may we try it further? You know, sometimes he walks four hours together. That's F-O-U-R. Hours together here in the lobby. So does he indeed. At such a time, I'll loose my daughter to him. Uh, loose there, it's, it can be the image of archery, as in shooting an arrow out, a loose uh, from German, loose. Be you and I behind an heiress, then mark the encounter. If he love her not, and be not from his reason fallen thereon, let me be no assistant for a state, but keep a farm and carters. We'll try it. Enter Hamlet, reading on a book. But look where sadly the poor wretch comes reading. Away, I do, you see, she both away. I'll board him presently. Oh, give me leave. Exit queen and queen with attendance. How does my good lord Hamlet? Well, God a mercy. Do you know me, my lord? Excellent, well, you are a fishmonger. Not I, my lord. Then I would you were so honest a man. Uh, fishmongers were supposed to be notorious and cheating people. Honest, my lord. Aye, sir, to be honest as this world goes, is to be one man picked out of ten thousand. That's very true, my lord. For if a son bring maggots and a dead dog, being a god-kissing carrion. Okay, there we, again we have an image of a dog, and the son is a, that is when a, a dead dog is left, maggots will come forth. Um, apparently there was some belief that the, uh, that the son actually caused the maggots themselves. Have you a daughter? I have, my lord. Not, let not her walk in the sun. Conception is a blessing, but as your daughter may conceive, friend, look to it. Um, okay, Hamlet could be comparing himself there to the sun, um, and that uh, maggots would breed in her uh, from Hamlet, perhaps. It's a rather weird image. Aside, I say you by that, still harping on my daughter. Yet he knew me not at first. I said I was a fishmonger. Uh, it's far gone, far gone. And truly in my youth I suffered much extremity for love. Very near this. I'll speak to him again. What do you read, my lord? Words, words, words. One of my favorite lines. Uh, what is the matter, my lord? There again we have Polonius, what the matter is. Between who? I mean the matter that you read, my lord. 
slander, sir. For the satirical rogues say here is that old men have gray beards, their faces are wrinkled, their eyes purging think amber and plum tree gum, and they have a most plentiful lack of wit, together with most weak hams, that's legs. All wit, sir, though I most powerfully and potently believe it, yet I hold it not honesty to have it thus set down. For you yourself shall grow old as I am, if, like a crab, you could go backward. Though this be madness, yet there is method in it. Okay, that's entered famous lines as there's a method to his madness. Will you walk out of the air, my lord, into my grave? Indeed, that is out of the air. Aside, how... How pregnant, okay, there's a picking up of the conception theme. How pregnant sometimes his replies are. A happiness that off madness hits on, which reason and sanity could not so prosperously be delivered of. I would leave him and suddenly contrive the means of meeting between him and my daughter. My honorable Lord, I am most humbly take my leave of you. You cannot take from me anything that I will more willingly part with all. Okay, that is, um, he's be glad to see him go. Accept my life, accept my life, accept my life. Now, Hamlet is sometimes portrayed as being suicidal, and it could be lines like this that cause that. Well, we're near the end of our half hour. Um, we will pick up next time with the meeting of Hamlet with his old friends, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Until then, adieu.